Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, the little show bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. And we are so glad to be with you. We'll be talking with Max Burns about Carrie Lake and her curious habit of fundraising off of election denial. I don't really know how I feel. You know, here's the thing, how I feel about election denial. Uh, I feel the same way I felt when David Duke, who I debated once on Bill Maher, went to jail. He went to jail because they found out he was convicted of a, a felony, tax fraud and mail fraud. David Duke had been embezzling the money his racist supporters sent him and was using it to finance his gambling addiction on the riverboats. And I got to be honest with you, a part of me thought if he's bilking these ignorant racists and white supremacists out of the hard-earned cash, maybe Mr. Duke should be set free and allowed to continue his fine work. I, I Honestly, I, a part of me wants to say, you fool, don't give your money to Carrie Lake. Another part of me wants to say, hey, fool, why don't you give your money to Carrie Lake? Chris Hauselt is our executive producer. Thea Harper is our associate producer. We got a lot of ground to cover tonight, and we're so glad you're with us. It was a crazy one. Are you exhausted? Are you okay? Did anyone commit any microaggressions against you? Kevin McCarthy's team has paused debt limit negotiations with the White House, claiming the two parties were too far apart. What's that? What? Oh, they're, they're back on again? Oh, gee, it's like a Kardashian marriage with these they're back and forth all the time. President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine is on his way to Japan to join the G7 Nations Summit. It's being held in Hiroshima. That's for a very deliberate reason. Um, and it's a very deliberate message to Vladimir Putin to not be the second country to ever drop atomic weapons on a civilian target. By the way, at the G7, the U.S. agreed to train Ukrainian pilots on F-16s to be supplied by the G-7 allies. Uh, Senator Tim Scott filed paperwork with the FEC to run for president. He has $22 million on hand, and that's the most money anybody has ever spent to try to audition in public to be the vice presidential pick of either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Watch for Tim Scott to have the least controversial debate performance at every debate. Washington Post reports the FBI misused a foreign spy database, and they were running through the names of both January 6th rioters and Black Lives Matter protesters through a system against its official intended uses. Isn't this beautiful? Racists and anti-racists finally have a common cause. The FBI. Biden is with the world leaders at the G7 in Hiroshima. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, and also, a Pentagon accounting error has freed up $3 billion to spend on weapons for Ukraine. Look, there, there, there's a lot going on. And today was kind of a crazy day. But 
we have to remember this is the end of the week and that means uh it's fake christian friday and we have a very 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 good honoree tonight before i get into that here's my question of the night is the american political system just completely projecting dysfunction to the rest of the world you know we had barack obama and the rest of the world thought we were getting it together pretty well and then the ted cruises had to throw it in the chaos have government shutdowns do we just look like a nation walking around in clown shoes, my friends? Do you think do you think the rest of the world looks and says, wow, those Americans, they, they've always been slowed down by those Confederates. You know, those right-wingers, those those know-nothings, those Tea Partiers, those MAGAs, they, they've always been slowed down by the white nationalist fringe. You know, they, they, well, fighting for segregation, fighting against the gays, fighting against vaccines during a plague. The, you, you think they distinguish between the shitty Americans and the people who are trying to live in harmony with each other and with the rest of the world? Or do you think they just think we're all clowns? Because countries and financial experts around the world are watching this debt ceiling fight and they are confused, they are worried, they are stupefied, and they are filled with hope that Washington doesn't tip into default because Kevin McCarthy would rather send the global economy reeling then lose Marjorie Taylor Greene as a friend. That's, that's, I, guys, that's what we're looking at right now. <laughs> so let's get to it. It's fake Christian Friday. Uh, Christian, of course, is a religion named after a guy named Jesus. Jesus, Republicans, who commanded you to welcome the stranger, but you call them illegals and demonize them for votes. Jesus, who said, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword, Republicans, and you guys take money from the arms industry to spread guns around here and elsewhere. Jesus, who commands you, individuals and nations, to care for the poor and to care for the sick. So you try to cut food stamps. You try to punish the poor with greater poverty. Jesus, who tells you however you treat the lowest person on the lowest rung is how you treat him. And you proceed to shit all over migrants, asylum seekers, and trans people. Let's talk about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, shall we? Uh, it's official. He's officially going to do something next week. Unofficially. He plans to make a uh, announcement of his conservative cultural agenda. And his plan is to uh, his vow to make America Florida. What does that mean? I, I don't I don't want America to be Florida. I like Florida. I like where it is. I don't want Arizona to be Florida. I don't want Seattle to be Florida. How do you feel about that? Hey, Portland, could you use more mosquitoes? I, I, I love this. What? Humidity? Make Make America Florida. What would that be? Humidity, a lot more pastels. It would be a lot more pastels. It would be a lot more um, seniors on the freeway leaving their turn signal on because the clicking sound keeps them awake behind the wheel. That's one of my favorite traits of Florida. It would be moving to a state because you like the climate and then staying indoors all the time to avoid the climate. That would be Florida. No more basements and houses. Oh, no. Uh, Florida, a state where climate scientists are not buying beach property. Make America Florida. Don't get me wrong. I like Florida. I got a couple of parents buried there. It's a beautiful place, and I will always love it, regardless of the doughy, mediocre, fake Christians they put in charge. Ron DeSantis has all but declared his presidential candidacy yesterday afternoon. He was on a donor call, and he actually told the truth. And you know he told the truth because it was in private. He told the donors and supporters on this call that there were only three credible candidates in the race and that only he would be able to win both the Republican primary and the general election. 
And you know, that might be true. He said, he is quoted as saying, you basically three people, I'm sorry, my Ron DeSantis, I want to get into character. You have basically three people at this point that are credible in this whole thing. Biden, Trump, and me. And I think of those three, two have a chance to get elected president. Biden and me. Do you like my impression, Chris? I, I kind of have to go deep for it. I it Sometimes sounds, I don't know if I'm playing DeSantis or he's playing me. It's, uh, I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't until right now that I realized how much he does sound like Bert from Sesame Street. Oh, so. no. See, no, it's also my Laura Ingram. So that's the thing. I believe in doubling up your impersonations. Uh, it's always worked for me. My Casey Kasem is also my Mr. Sulu. I save time that way. So when I do this, it's both Ron DeSantis and Laura Ingram, who might still have a job at Fox. I think I nail his subtleties. I, I don't know. Um, Trump has raised a lot of a lot of money. Trump has a huge lead over DeSantis in the polls. But here's what's so chilling to me. DeSantis is so smugly confident, isn't he? He's been campaigning for months. He's been visiting foreign leaders awkwardly. He's been in Iowa. He's been in New Hampshire. He's passing so many laws to be really mean to people with no power in his state to try to appeal to all the fake Christians out there and also to reflect his belief that most white people don't like diversity and equity initiatives, many of which that began during Trump's presidency. He said, we have battled the woke elites in Florida and we have won time and time again. He said that in his book, The Courage to be Free, which no one will read. He signed a ban on abortion after six weeks, one of the nation's strictest abortion laws, even though polls showed more than 70 percent of Floridians favor access to abortion. Florida is now one of just 18 states to ban gender-affirming care for trans kids. It's one of five states where that's a felony. See, Rhonda now thinks, here's a good idea. Uh, let's go attack private business for expressing their First Amendment views, and let's get in between parents and their kids and their health care and medical decisions. But I think he's telling the truth on this call. I really do think that it's a three-way race. It's just either going to be DeSantis, Biden, or Trump. And I do think of those three, only two have a chance to be elected president, Biden and DeSantis. He's right. He's the major threat to Donald Trump. And he's been wooing donors. He's been getting a lot of headlines. He's been getting into fights with mice and losing. He's been declaring war on men in drag, even though he wears high heels. And he does, by the way. You know that, right? DeSantis, DeSantis is actually only four foot three. That's true. And uh, that's a fact. And uh, he, he has these Italian singer lifts in his boots. But he said on the conference call, I think the voters just want to move on from Biden. They just want a vehicle they can get behind. There's too many voters that don't view Trump as that vehicle. And I think he's right. Now, Trump has been slamming DeSantis. I mean, he's called Florida among the worst states to live, even though he just moved there. But we're talking about dumb people. So, you know, you look at Ron DeSantis to having this stupid war with Disney. Like Trump's stupid trade war with China. That scared off investors. You look at Ron DeSantis having this, well, Ukraine, it's not a war where a big, powerful country is attacking a smaller neighbor that never attacked it. He's saying it's a territorial dispute. Uh, that is making donors and the business community a little worried about this guy. And Trump keeps attacking him relentlessly. It's abuse. And DeSantis is really, really afraid. Uh, he, he seems to be just living in a cocoon. He seems to be very isolated from any interviews with real journalists. And now, on the eve of him finally announcing he's going to do it, people already think he's done. He is the Rick Perry of Ted Cruz's, of Scott Walker's. I mean, he seems very, looks good on paper, but weak, not that charismatic, scared, and powerless against Donald Trump treating him like a pinata. But we'll see what happens. 
DeSantis seems very, very certain that Donald Trump is going to be having to drop out. And maybe he will. But either way, here's all we know. More and more of these Republicans are jumping into the race. And all you'll need to know is they're all going to be fighting for the same thing. And what they're all going to be fighting for is the opposite of what this character, Jesus, they all claim to follow, actually teaches. They will not be campaigning to welcome the stranger. They will not be campaigning saying that he who lives by the sword dies by the sword, and we have to embrace more nonviolence. They will not be saying we have to care for the poor and the sick. They will not be looking out for the least of us. They'll be looking out for you-know-who, and they'll be appealing to the shittiest instincts in the shittiest people. And that's why America's beautiful. Because it's going to help one of them get the nomination, and it's going to crush them in the general election. Because I do believe the majority of Americans have, how shall we put it, moved on from all this right-wing mean shit. And by the way, let, let, let's talk about some good news. It's the end of the week, so let me just let me just actually get to some good news before we begin our show, uh, before we begin the weekend. Kevin McCarthy, you might have heard this. He was talking to reporters after a White House meeting to reach a deal on the debt ceiling. And, you know, he's slamming illegal immigration and lying about open borders and blah, blah, blah. But then he, he, he said something very interesting. He was trying to talk about the border problem. And he's like, we have to we have to solve problems at the border. We didn't ignore the problem like the White House. We actually put a border bill out there so we can secure our border. And what happened this weekend? A person on the terror watch list from Afghanistan was just coming across the border. Why? Listen right now to Kevin McCarthy. Enrage all the right wing Republicans he so needs on his side by accidentally saying that Joe Biden has done a better job on border patrol than Donald Trump. A person on the terrorist watch list from Afghanistan was just coming across this border. Why? You know, we caught more people in the month of February on the terrorist watch list than we caught the entire time of the last administration. (laughs) You fool! He did it! (laughs) He just made the argument that under Joe Biden, the Border Patrol has controlled undocumented immigration better than they did under Trump, and they're catching terrorists at the same time. This is what we got after all that fear over the expiration of Title 42. Kevin McCarthy making me smile. It's kind of beautiful. You want some more beauty? Uh, Speaking of Ron DeSantis, this is Donald Trump's latest ad attacking that bespoke meatball. Here for your enjoyment. Remember, as these two go at it over the next year, guys, my advice to you is... Don't forget to sit back and smell the train wreck. Ron sales tax had a plan to make you pay more. And the sales tax there. There are tax everywhere, sales tax. In Congress, Ron DeSantis backed a national sales tax, a 23% tax hike on almost everything you buy, from the gas station to the grocery store. You'll pay more here. Here you'll pay. Everyone will pay more. 90% of families would get a tax hike if DeSantis replaced the current system, making Biden's inflation hit even harder. We can't afford Ronda's sales tax. Fortunately, we have a better choice. President Trump passed massive tax cuts, lowering tax rates for everyone. President Trump cut taxes and Rhonda's sales tax. Well, as the song goes. And the sales tax there. There are tax I mean, Donald Trump spent money on this. And for the first two thirds, you'd think it was a Democrat opposition ad, but no. I'm Donald Trump and I are. I'm Donald Trump, and I art-directed this message. 
From President Trump's tax cuts, never from President Trump adding one quarter of the national debt we've accrued in 250 years. I mean, up until the when they said Biden's inflation for Trump's inflation, I, I, I almost would have believed that it was a Democratic ad. I, th- that's it, guys. I mean, Donald Trump is spending money on shit like that. It's I mean, Joe Biden is going to be 147 years old and he's just going to glide to reelection if it goes this way. But hey, maybe that's not enough. You want some more good? You want a little more good news? A little more good news before we get to your calls? How about lawyer Ty Cobb? Remember him with the mustache? You know, Donald Trump has had so many lawyers. Chris, we talk about this. I mean, MAGA's means morons are getting attorneys. How I, I have to have like my Donald Trump ex attorney trading card set to keep track of all of these miscreants. Ty Cobb's the dude with the mustache. He was on Donald Trump's legal team for one of the impeachments. Uh, he just told CNN he thinks his former client. Well, he thinks his former client's going to jail over which one? The Mar-a-Lago documents case. There's so much evidence of guilty knowledge on the uh, espionage piece that all they really have to do is show that Trump moved these documents at various times um, uh, when DOJ was either demanding them or actually present, uh, that he um, uh, filed falsely with the Justice Department had his lawyers file falsely with the Justice Department an affidavit to the effect that there were that none existed, which was, you know, shattered by the documents that they then discovered uh, after the search and the many other misrepresentations that he and others have made on his behalf uh, with regard to uh, his possession of classified documents. So I think this is a I think this obstruction case is a tight case. Uh, and yes, I do think he'll go to jail on it. <laughs> misrepresentation. Did you hear that? Like, that's as close as they'll get to calling him a liar. His misrepresentation. My God, his own ex-attorney. It's kind of beautiful. But wait, that's that's not enough good news for you on a Friday still? Well, let, we might have one more clip. Let's give one more. Here's our good friend, friend of the show, Congressman Jamie Raskin, announcing some news he got from his doctors. It's been a great week because uh, I did a full body PET scan with the doctors and they delivered me the great news this week that um, I'm cancer free. I'm totally in remission. So I'll just have to go in regularly for checkups to make sure that remains the case. But uh, it's fantastic news. There you go. God bless Jamie Raskin. And thank you guys for listening. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be an American with empathy. Who can spell the word your? Today is the 98th birthday of Malcolm X and the 78th birthday of the first guest we ever had when we moved to this time slot, Pete Townsend. Let's go to your calls. Sean and Callie, tell me everything. Hey, brother. Well, first off, you know, um, I'm listening to, you know, DeSantis is like that guy who will always tell you he's the smartest person in the room, right? Never inquisitive, nothing like that. Um, And he's not stupid. However, when it comes to politics, there's all kinds of things that someone who isn't, you know, like Mr. Harvard or Yale might know better than him. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I'm thinking that Donald bin Laden, even if they send him to Guantanamo Bay, is going to still run for president, no matter what. No matter what. He's only out. 
And by the way, when Trump does all these when Trump does all these ads and all the mailings, if you subscribe to him, I subscribe to Trump. I get all the mailings. It's not (laughs) to donate to the RNC. It's all to donate to Donald Trump's PAC. Absolutely. And he's using that money to pay the defense attorneys for himself and people who worked for him. It's all a grift. The donations now pay for the crimes then. Well, you're exactly right. And the amazing grift and moocher that he is, you know, um, it's also his son-in-law. I don't care. Jared Kushner is into some very allegedly dirty crap. He's into some dirty shit. Okay, I'm not talking Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm talking... No, when when the most evil guy in Saudi Arabia gives you... When the most evil guy in Saudi Arabia gives you $2 billion and his own advisors are begging him not to, yeah. Yeah, and his own little corrupt, you know, criminal son. So, I mean, this is who, you know, sadly, I just, I still can't wrap my mind around why people latch on to this, except for the fact that they want a savior. They think he's doing things that he's not doing. They're easily fooled. Um, Other than that, I, you know, when I'm watching out here, you you still don't understand the appeal of Donald Trump to a certain kind of person. You still don't get the quick solution to complex problems, telling people what they want to hear nonstop bluster and flattery in the form of truth delivery. You still don't understand how weak men think Trump is a strong man. I I don't believe it. Well, I mean, let me put it to you this way. One of my favorite words is hope. And and Mm -hmm. I love uh, I love the I'm an optimistic person. You may not know it with a lot of my calls. But I truly believe, you know, and you're the, you know more about religion. You've forgotten more about it than I'll ever know. But if you talk to people about religion, Christianity especially, or any major religion, and you get into deep conversations and it isn't, um, you know, a bad debate or anything, at the end of the conversation, it ultimately comes down to, are human beings um, ultimately good or evil? Because mm-hmm. that's every time with me that's happened. So I believe that the majority of human beings are good. And I believe that we can overcome all this stuff. But when I hear, and so I do believe that these people aren't stupid. I've said that a few times, and I don't think it's a stupidity thing. I think it's more of a just, once you go down the rabbit hole of bad information, and you get down that rabbit hole of, you know, um, that's coming into your stream nowadays of people's phones and all that, it, you know, you're not going to believe anybody that's actually telling you the truth. You're but, a fool! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gilbert. <laughs> but that's but that's the thing. But that's true. And so, so it isn't that I, I'm not naive because I don't think I'm going to persuade. Where I'm at here right now, the vast majority of people are amazing. I've not met one crazy Trumper where I'm at right now, which everything on TV is backwards ass, even though I can watch whatever I want on my phone or whatever. That's not the problem. I'm just like, you know, people that don't have that access are pretty stuck. Yeah, They're stuck I on agree. stuff with I agree. Just, um puts in your head. It reinforces your ignorance. Yeah, and, I've, been um, there. I've been there at times in my life. When I was a young person, I watched the Morton Downey show at night. I thought I, it was awesome and entertaining. Brother, he tells it like Brother. it is. I was I was 16 and I bought into all of that shit. And then I got older and realized what he was actually saying. But I was mesmerized by the performance and the illusion of strength. I get it. Trump's a pro wrestler. I don't. And there's people who think that pro wrestling is real, but climate science is fake. That's what we're up against, my friend. Brother, I listened to Morton Dowdy. This is hilarious. He was chain smoking while he did this show. He was 
so he would draw you in and, yeah. and he would sound so knowledgeable and so right. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I was like, you know, and I was in college at the time and I was like, you know, I didn't tell anybody else this, but I was mesmerized by that show. That's it. He was, like, a demo, he was a right wing demagogue, but the liberals never understood what a great performer he was. Oh, my God. Limbaugh so and Limbaugh as well. The, I, I get the appeal of it. Like yes. you, you know, like you know, you, you know why you know why Elvis is such a popular costume because it's a costume that dumpy out of shape guys can be cool in. It's the only costume for <laughs> dumpy out of shape white guys, right? So you can dress as Elvis and suddenly you're cool, and that, that's that's you know representation. But like you know, that's what Morton Downey. That's what that's what Donald Trump. That's what Rush Limbaugh symbolized. Hey, look, it's an out of shape middle aged white guy who's as pissed off and angry at the world as I am. And believe me. I know how much middle-aged white guys have a right to be pissed off at the world. Life is hard. Being middle-aged is hard. Being a white guy in a society that hates you for what white guys did years ago could be hard. I get all of it. But this bitterness and the self-victimization that these guys do, rather than be part of the, rather than be part of the problem, they want to complain that the problem, knowing about the problem, inconveniences their day. But I get how these Alex Jones types can seem like heroes for the same reason I get why guys would want to watch porn with Ron Jeremy. I totally get it. Representation <laughs> is important, even for douchebag, fat old white guys. Well, I'm with you 100%, John, and I think that's the challenge. Because, you know, that was the key with George W. Bush that people used to dog the hell out of him that I said, you're underestimating him, which is that's the guy you want to have a beer with. I know. And he drinks O'Doul's. You idiots. You fool. <laughs> I want to have a beer with the guy who can't drink beer. You fool. <laughs> I want a sound effects oh, board so I can play Gilbert screaming that whenever I want. Uh, you're oh, a gentleman, Sean. I thank you for the call and I wish you a great weekend. You too, brother. Thanks. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Max Burns is going to be here, and he is going to be as much fun as reading the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny reviews are not fun. Don't read the reviews out of con- Just don't read them. It says you don't. You don't, need, you don't need it. Your brain doesn't need that. Just stay with us. And Max, it's going to be a blast. You know, I'm starting to think this Carrie Lake might just be in it for the money. <laughs> we'll be right back on Progress. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. 
So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Pete Townsend was the first guest we had on this show when they moved us here to What the Fuck O'Clock. And um, it will always be very, very special to me that uh, we got to launch the show with him. Roger's done the show as well. You know who else has done our show every now and then? The great Max Burns. And every now and then we're able to somehow slip him a roofie and get him back. Max is one of the smartest writers about politics in the game. He's also a Public Relations Society of America award-winning Democratic strategist. His advocacy work has guided many successful companies and campaigns. And you may have read his stuff on the Daily Beast, News Nation, NBC. News, the new piece, and it's on MSNBC.com. It's about my old buddy, Carrie Lake, who I got to work with once a few years ago in Phoenix when she was still a news anchor and had just gone from being an Obama voter to a Trump voter. And I found it curious that that was morally possible. Uh, His new piece is all about how maybe there's a reason why she's still out there claiming that she won the election. Uh, that she lost six months ago. Carrie Lake has made filing frivolous election fraud claims a full-time job. Max Burns, welcome back to SiriusXM. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you. Thank you. You know, I, I just... I love Carrie Lake. Um, I, I was fascinated by her when I spent a day with her. She interviewed me for a, a TV show I was doing a couple of years ago. Very, very nice lady. Um, very polished anchor. I totally understand her appeal the same way I understand how a, a televangelist uh, like Huckabee could go far in politics. But she's still claiming that she's the real governor of Arizona and her case has gone to trial, hasn't it? She is. She is the last one standing from this uh, 2022 round of election denial. Uh, most states, like Arizona, have laws that restrict how long after an election you can keep contesting the results. She has managed to effectively run around that by making one case last forever. There were 10 original complaints in her case. It's been whittled down to one. Only one single point was actually filed properly with the court. So that uh, has gone to trial or later earlier this week uh, that will be done early next week and that should be the end for carrie lake's very costly legal challenges my god my god i mean she lost by several thousand votes i know and and again arizona's had their problems but i mean they've brought in outside firms to retabulate the votes and it only came out to be that biden did better i think the real question here max and maybe you'll agree does carrie lake actually believe it Or is she just truly a Trump acolyte on a spirited grift? Well, it's hard to see how Lake could believe it, because as the court pointed out, the Arizona Supreme Court, her court filing actually did not contain any claim of election fraud or any actual legally actionable claims at all. Uh, The only thing so far that's gone forward is this claim that that perhaps Maricopa County intentionally did not verify signatures on mail-in ballots, which Carrie Lake's own lawyers undermined themselves when their witnesses pointed out that they had, in fact, personally reviewed many signatures on ballots. Uh, That earned them a sanction from the court, and it cost Carrie Lake $30,000 in fines. But that is small potatoes compared to how much money she's making from these cases. Well, taxpayers essentially foot the bill for her antics. Max, I I could be confused, but I seem to recall a couple of months ago that the Arizona Supreme Court totally threw her case out. How is it still going on? 
So they threw out nine of the 10 arguments that she made in her case, okay. mostly on the grounds that her lawyers had no idea how to properly file them. So, and none of them contained actionable claims. The only one uh, that slipped through was this this claim about signatures on ballots. And that was sent back, not because the court thinks there's any merit to the argument, but because technically it was legally filed right. So it gets a trial. And that's going to be uh, a very short and very painful experience for Carrie Lake. Why painful, do you think? Well, every time she goes into court, she tends to leave with a bunch of fines. Uh, her lawyers have gotten dozens and dozens of fines for mishandling information, misrepresenting facts. She was fined $30,000 for deceptive court filings. But at the same time, she is out in Iowa and across the country campaigning for Republicans and cashing great, lavish checks That's for her it. paid speeches. So for every thirty, forty thousand dollars she has to pay, she's bringing in two or three That's million it. dollars. So when you say fine, she says persecution. And like Donald Trump, she perpetuates this aura of victimhood and that I'm the one fighting for you, that I will be your vengeance. And in reality, the more judges laugh her cases out of court, she just turns around and sells that as more white victimhood. Yeah, if you think about it, this is kind of the ideal Republican grift because Carrie Lake's job is to essentially whine that she's being denied the governorship and taxpayers have to foot the bill. In Maricopa alone, just one of her cases cost the county $140,000. And there are multiple more of these that have been processed through, and that's on the taxpayers to pay. She doesn't have to put out the cost for that when it gets thrown out. And it's it seems like a great way to to privatize the gains of this, as she's done, while making sure that you and I and people in Arizona are paying the cost for it. Mm. What about Republicans in the state of Arizona? I mean, I know she alienated a lot of those folks because if you're an elderly Republican in Arizona, you probably voted for John McCain many times in your life and she couldn't yep. stop attacking the late Senator McCain. Um, does she have the support of the Republicans of her state and her antics? So as we've learned, Republican ethics are very, very conditional. And while they didn't like that she disrespected John McCain, they didn't particularly like that she turned her race into a referendum on Donald Trump. Uh, she now can go to the Republicans in Arizona and say, listen, I have three and a half million dollars that I've just raised uh, to our uh, on election fraud lies, which, by the way, she tells her supporters Send me your money. We desperately need your cash to fight these lawsuits. But she has only spent about nine and a half percent of the three million plus dollars she's raised. And because of Citizens United and the wonderful campaign finance black holes we've created, no one really knows where the rest of that money is. And the reality is it's waiting to be given to Republican candidates and to fund Republican aligned groups when she considers running for Senate. Do you think she will run for Senate against Ruben Gallego and Kirsten Sinema? I think she's certainly thinking very strongly about it. She's certainly given every indication that she wants to use her money to fund just a wave of dark money support in this race. And that, that Kirsten Sinema staying in has made this easier for her. She thinks that creates an opportunity to elect a Republican. Do you think she's right or do you think it'll be seen that the right wing and the right wing in wolf's clothing will cancel each other out, essentially, and the more Democratic or progressive voters will drift uh, to Gallego while the conservatives are divided between the other two? 
I am definitely worried. For for their part, the Gallego team spoke to me for my MSNBC piece. They are very confident in where they are. They are essentially framing this as a fight against two grifters and that Gallego yeah. is the only person who is delivered for Arizonans. But I do worry because even though Kirsten Cinema is underwater with literally every demographic group in Arizona, she's got the first the time I think a senator has ever achieved that feat. She may have the money and she may have just enough people to pull away. I mean, in a race that's decided by two percent, having someone even pull three or four percent. That's that's running as third party independent. That's running as third party independent. You think she'll have the yeah. infrastructure for the campaign? I think all she needs right now is money. Her goal at this point seems to be disruption. I mean, she's put forth no real agenda. She's built no real field staff. Every indication to me is that she's going to raise as much as she can, go out on the air as much as she can, and hope that she gives Democrats a black eye for the way they she feels they've treated her. Now, of course, Mitch McConnell has been trying his hardest to raise money for her for two years now. Is this the sort of situation where the GOP donors will just continue to fund her because she's the best shot at nuking Ruben Gallego and getting Republican Carrie Lake into the Senate? Yeah, I mean, Republicans play these games constantly. And Mitch McConnell does not care for Carrie Lake at all. If she becomes the nominee, which is a distinct possibility, we can potentially expect that that's not one that the the senatorial committees will weigh in heavily on. And if they do, they'll stand in support of Kristen Cinema. They can claim she's an incumbent, that he's worked with her, that she represents the values of getting things done. And you can't say any of that for Carrie Lake. She is a bomb throwing performance artist. Let me take a call. Uh, would that be OK, Max? Should we talk to some of our sure, evil army of the night? Uh, Jay is calling from California about our friend Carrie. Hi, Jay. You're on with Max Burns. Hi, guys. This is uh, not per se related to Carrie Lake, but just conservatives in general. About 15 years ago, a co-worker and I, and, and we didn't do it because we both had uh, scruples, <laughs> but it is so easy to separate conservatives from their money. I mean, we wrote up the text of what we would put on a website and have for the key, you know, the search terms that they would get, you know, liberals, guns, gun grabbing. And it didn't you could just say, you know, we're the we're the people that keep guns in, in everybody's hands. No, no organization. And if it wasn't illegal, we would have done it. But because we were both pedestrian middle class guys, we said right. this is really not worth a few extra bucks. And I don't know if you recall this case. And this just shows you how much of an easy mark Republicans are. Maybe five, eight years ago, two teenagers over like in Romania or Albania realized that American conservatives are suckers. And they started a website and just took the money. They just What was the website? What was the website? I can't remember. Oh, but these are teenagers in southeastern Europe realizing there's money to be made off of American conservatives. Yeah, I'm sure it was either away. about about transgender sports or illegals at the border. But I mean, that's exactly what Steve Bannon did. It's exactly what Steve Bannon was indicted for, Max, as you'll recall. And of course, they were Steve Bannon literally was indicted for ripping off Trump supporters and Trump pardoned him but didn't pardon his own supporters. Uh, Jay, thank you very much for the call. Max, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is the core of the new Republican model. It's the same as if you're at a craps table and you are are frustrated. Two, one of two things will happen. You're going to walk away from the table or you're going to double down and you're going to start to go on tilt and bet all your money. And for Republicans, it's the same argument. You're either going to disconnect from the process entirely because you're demoralized or you're going to invest all of your money to fight these people. Republicans will pay any price and apologize for any crime if it was done in the process of owning the libs. And Carrie yeah. Lake has turned that into a hugely profitable job. Well, owning the libs is half the platform, right? Blind obedience to Mr. Trump and own the libs. I think I think that's it. Like I'm not that, even sure they're writing platforms anymore. They reused no, the it. 2016 one again. Owning the libs is is everything. And as you see with Marjorie Taylor Greene, with Carrie Lake, whoever can dunk on the left the best becomes sort of de facto the most powerful voice in the GOP. And that's great for fundraising, but it's terrible when they're running the House of Representatives. Yeah, it's great when your one goal is to get on Newsmax a lot. Um, before we we transition away from Carrie Lake, can I just ask you to explain um, Arizona's uh, SB 1485 bill that they passed a couple of years ago and how that pertains to Carrie Lake's current travails? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things is Carrie Lake grounds so much of her legal argument uh, on the idea that voters were actively suppressed in Maricopa County, that a lot of Republicans didn't have their votes counted because lines were long, polling places ran out of ballots. And that's absolutely true. That happened. No argument. But she blames uh, Democrats and Secretary of State, now Governor Katie Hobbs, when in reality, the laws that created that suppression and those shortages were signed by Doug Ducey, the Republican governor, and the Republican State House of Representatives. And when they pushed that suppression bill, Democrats warned this would happen, but they said it was critical to ensuring the election was fair. Mm. And now Carrie Lake is using that same argument to say that actually it was unfair because of that. That, you know, Arizona has voter problems, but Democrats are not to blame. Max, as you know, Ron DeSantis has announced that next week he's going to announce something. Uh, it's terribly important. You get you get the teaser trailer. Um, does Donald Trump at this point have any legitimate challenger? DeSantis seems extremely confident, and I can only think that means he knows that there's going to be more indictments coming. But how is it looking to you? I think the this, this landscape for Ron DeSantis has just dissolved. I mean, he ought to be scheduling an appointment for a CAT scan, not an announcement for the presidency. I mean, you just look just in the past six months. He was back in January, February, billed as the only serious challenger to Donald right. Trump. He was polling at 30 percent and Trump was at 50, I believe, and nobody else registered. Flash forward to last week, he is now at 15 percent. So he's fallen by half. And almost every single point of that loss has gone back to Donald Trump. I mean, you cannot seriously argue right now that Donald Trump has any real challenger. No one with any money behind them. No one with any infrastructure. Nothing. No, I mean, the only thing that can take Donald Trump out at this point would appear to be Donald Trump's own corruption or Donald Trump's own arteries. Uh, we're not rooting for the plaque around his heart, the considerable layers of gooey, thick plaque around his blackened heart. But in terms of the corruption, I mean, Jack Smith most likely is going to be levying some kind of indictments against him, most likely for what happened in Mar-a-Lago. It is going to get worse for Donald Trump. Do you think that's going to just help him go ahead and raise funds off of it like Carrie Lake's doing right now? 
Oh, yeah, I think the money will be great. But at some point, I do think there is a weight that comes from this. I mean, Donald Trump is not attending any of the Republican debates, mostly because I think he's probably going to have a lot of court dates to go to and he doesn't want to conflict. That's but, not why. I mean, That's not the, why. <laughs> the reality is we we don't even talk about Fulton County. And that's yet another federal potentially corruption probe into Donald Trump. That that's right. district attorney has now told the courts there not to schedule any in-person hearings or motions for all of August, which indicates that something quite big may be happening where you're not going to want a lot of foot traffic in the courthouse. And that leads me to believe maybe something is coming. So, yeah, what's what's coming is Donald Trump yelling that Fonnie Willis is a racist. That's what's coming. So, I mean, we're looking at Chris Sununu probably getting into this thing. I'm betting money that Chris Christie's getting into it. Tim Scott and Nikki Haley are pretending to be into it. Mike Pence, we can hope. Uh, someone to sex this thing up. Um, you said they're about to figure out how many ways you can divide up 1% of the GOP electorate. This is just what our friend Tina Dupuis calls the presidential loser industrial complex, isn't it? They're They're running for higher public speaking fees. It really is. And it wasn't fair of me to burden the Republicans with math. I mean, we see how they're handling it with the debt ceiling debate. But Chris Christie's definitely in, which I I like only because I hope that he once again dismantles a candidate like he did Marco Rubio in 2016. He's going after Trump. He's going after Trump. I mean, I just don't think it works. I don't think anybody who who likes Trump cares at all what Chris Christie says. I just Maybe, don't. but he's the only one. I mean, he's I, I've had him on this show and he's the only one, I think, who could win against Trump in a slugfest with a bunch of screaming, frothing, humunculus males in the room. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, Chris Sununu, as you mentioned, who's apparently running on a, a reheated, compassionate conservatism, George yes, W. The, Bush the, the pro-abortion rights Republican ticket. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, he had to stop himself, I think, in one interview recently from saying compassionate conservatism. So, so it's at funny. least good to see that that phrase is still poison. But that's really where he is. And it's it's just not clear any of these candidates have what Republican voters want, which is a, a unapologetic blood and soil racial theory forward candidate. Max, one last question before break. Uh, In the debt ceiling wars, are the real losers the people who watch a lot of news and take this too seriously? They're going to do it, right? We don't need to panic here, do we? I I certainly hope they'll do it. Republicans said today they feel like they have a winning hand. I just wonder (laughs) if they're in the same universe. Kevin McCarthy is one vote away from losing Republican support for his bill. You got George Santos about to take up residency at Rikers. And you've Mm. got another Republican who said on television... He doesn't think Kevin McCarthy's word is worth the co- the time it took to say it. So not well, sure that's a real winning coalition. Oh, but it's porn for the angels. Max Burns, it is always a great pleasure having you with us. What is the best way for our listeners to keep up with you and all your doings? You can follow me on Twitter at the Max Burns or check me out on Substack at maxburns.substack.com. It's always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for calling us. We are going to have a very quick break. When we come back, it's going to be a full hour of your calls at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. And I'd love to hear from you, especially if you're one of those, you know, day walkers who never calls in live. Give us a jingle. Let us know how you're coping with the week. 866-997-4748. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying. We got a lot to get to. I want to play some clips of Reverend Sharpton's uh, eulogy today for Jordan Neely. It's very powerful stuff. Uh, let's go to the phones, though. You guys have been waiting a long time. Brian in Oregon, thank you so much. We're getting Hi, John, to all of our doing? callers. I'm great. How are you? I am doing all right, sitting out with the chickens and <laughs> avoiding other clutter. Um, there you go. Yeah. Max Burns is amazing. It's, uh, I is. love that guy. But so are the um, chickens. How, how are the chickens doing, by the way? The chickens are doing good. They, they're... They think they're finding stuff to eat in my shoes, so they, they're pecking my shoes, but they're milling it's about. Incredibly exotic to me. That's awesome. <laughs> we can get a bird and uh, have it in your backyard. A couple of Yeah, and then the, raccoon, the raccoons will come from Central you Park. And and, for your kid. <laughs> there, there's hawks here that will take my chickens away. I'd have to get a coop and do all that, and then the neighbors come after me. Yeah, well, that oh, happened here. That happened Natalia here. Reagan had pet chickens, and she lived in Brooklyn, so I guess I could do it. Oh, was she the one that and they had a rooster with two or three chickens when she moved That's into the one. place? Yep. The, yep. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I've got, I've got Ron DeSantis uh, rolling around a little bit, not, which is terrifying. But yeah, I mean, how are you rolling him around with a stick? Like, well, is he on his side? Yeah, is he, yeah, yeah. I got my keep nine his air, now. Keep his airflow clean, so his windpipe is yeah. okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He, he, um, but I'm thinking, you know, he changed that law about uh, if you run for president, you got to. Uh, Give up the governorship? Correct. If you're you're and, supposed to be committed to your job in Florida, and they've always had this rule that they've always liked, that if you're the governor, you can't run for president, you have to resign to run for president. These Republicans very quietly changed that law for Ron Yeah, DeSantis. I was stunned because I was on hold and listening to that, and I said, ah, oh, I didn't know that. But um, that told me also that he's not very confident about uh, his prospects in any of it. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. And... Um, by the way, and I think you should. I, I, by the way, I think I. I think it's a bogus rule. I mean, I mean, the people of Florida can decide what they want, but I don't. I don't think that Ron DeSantis should be forced to resign his governorship to run for office. He should be able to do them both at once. No, I think so too. I, uh, but I did think it would have been a great uh, for Florida if he if it forced him to resign. resign you never know. There. He could be replaced by someone worse. And by the way, well, when true. Ron DeSantis is up there stinking up the stage in debates, let's let's let the folks in Florida who sent him there be proud. Yeah. And my um, other thought is on Disney, I think uh, what company in the right mind would move people, employees from California to Florida with what the hell that guy's doing in there? 
Well, Disney oh, has done sure a lot that. of business in Florida over the years, and now that they're being attacked by the governor, they're not inclined to bring their dollars there. It's just simple well, capitalism. I'm not, I'm not thinking about money. I'm thinking about humanity and how these people would then, their kids would be treated in the Florida schools yeah. and health care. I agree. Look, I mean, what? this is where we get we get down to boycotts, you know, like when when North Carolina tried the trans bathroom ban, you know, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Ringo Starr, they both canceled their tour dates in the state. And I appreciated that. Uh, other people will have to go to the state for whatever reasons. I still played North Carolina. I'll still play Florida. My job is speaking truth to power. And if I boycott, who cares if Bruce Springsteen boycotts? It means something. But I think people are going to show their their objections in many, many ways. Um, I, I was going to take my child to Disney World this year. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Part of me wants to support Disney. Part of me can't stand DeSantis. Part of me thinks it's just too damn humid. So, Well, we'll maybe see. you can go to Disneyland. I did that a couple times. Actually, my you kid know, is into this Nintendo world, uh, Universal Studios in Hollywood. That's what I'm getting dragged to. Can ahead, I don't mean to, I don't mean to sidetrack everything, although I love please to do, do it. No, did I you, the entire conversation. Did you, whatever did, your whims are is what we want like to be dragged to. Hovering over John's shoulder. Did you the see time, that yeah. the, that they're closing the uh, the Star Wars Galaxy Cruiser Hotel? Yeah, you know why? Because well, no one can afford to stay there. Yeah, well, I mean maybe. The, uh, the it's part of their it's part of their like they're taking a lot of stuff off Disney Plus like thirty plus shows and they're yeah. closing the Star Wars uh, cosplay hotel. Um, I mean, there's closing the star the Star Wars hotel. By the way, I love the Star Wars stuff at Disneyland. I love that Galaxy's Edge thing they made there. It's incredible to me. It's great. But the Galaxy Cruiser was a place where you would spend like what two to four thousand dollars per person to stay in a hotel that allowed you to rat Chewbacca out to stormtroopers in the lobby. I think that's right. the appeal for a yeah. for a two uh, for a two night visit. Away. Yeah, exactly. At the KKK door. took my baby away. You know how they're going to close down the uh, the hotel, the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a terrible joke for terrible men. They they wish. They no wish. one who's ever had sex will get that joke, and that's how it should be. That's why. That's why I get that God. joke. That's why um, I told that joke. Yeah. Just my other, uh, just be just as a complete non sequitur about Jamal Bowman and Taylor Green. Okay. Yeah. Well, quite a quite a standoff they had yesterday. Yeah. Well, I say I love Jamal Bowman. That guy is great, and uh, I do too. The. Uh, I, I, uh, I hope he brings up Taylor Green harassing Cory Bush, uh, AOC, and Ilhan Omar, because she followed those people around the halls of Congress. He doesn't need to bring up her harassing them. Uh, he could bring up her harassing trip. him. She had to go, even though even though they were surrounded by cameras, right? If yeah. you saw it from the right angle, you saw the entire thing was performance. It was all done for the cameras. There was a huge crowd of people. She was never in any danger. She was surrounded by other folks. But she had to go and push the trope that she felt physically threatened by the big black man. She had yeah, to do it. She couldn't not do it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so anyways, that's... Uh, and Joe Bowman wouldn't hurt a flea, I don't think. That's the impression I get. I don't think uh, so either. From him. And anyways. But uh, that woman harassed uh, Cory Bush, and Cory Bush had to move her office. And, yeah. Uh, it was just all kinds, of, and the woman who had—I can't remember what her name is—had the the uh, gay daughter, the lesbian daughter. I think it was. She had a rainbow yeah, I'm, thing on her door. I'm starting to believe that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene might not be a very nice person, oh, or a very informed uh, or sincere uh, person. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to be premature here, but it's kind of the vibe I'm starting to I'm starting to feel. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. She, first of all, I, <laughs> she's—I think she's dumber than Ron uh, Johnson. Oh, I think she's dumber than Ron Johnson. I think she's dumber than a box of hammers. Yeah, I think so. 
and she wouldn't even know how to use a hammer. Well, no, I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. She's, she's, it, she, no, she's, she's, you know. It sounds pretty traumatic what she went through. Not enough. I was swarmed. It's all on video. Everyone can see this. But I will tell you what's on video. I was swarmed. Is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs, cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. He didn't call that. Is like that. calling a person of color the N-word, which should never no, happen. Not. Calling yeah, me a white like supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. No, it's not. Jamal actually, Bowman was no. down there cursing at me, telling me to get the F out of there, and he was leading the mob right outside the vehicle I was sitting in. We have this all on video. And then... At, on the Capitol steps yesterday, oh he was the one that approached me. Jesus. Even CNN reported that. Yelling, shouting, raising his voice. He has aggressive, uh, his, his physical mannerisms are aggressive. What? And he just recently he the uh, shoved Thomas yeah. Massey um, at just heard, outside the house. Yeah. I could tell just wow. from the audio he was laughing. They were they both like seemed like they were joking around or something. You know who thinks calling a person, you know who thinks calling someone a white supremacist is, is exactly the same as calling someone the N-word? A white supremacist. A wh- exactly. that, that's who thinks that is the same. If well, you think calling someone a white supremacist is as hurtful as calling them the N-word, you're probably a white supremacist. You're probably a white supremacist. Go on staying in your lane, Marge. Oh, I just had another thought. Um, uh, okay. Speaking of white supremacists and all this stuff, Please. I... Uh, had a realization with Enrique Tario and um, the guy who shot up the people in North Te- in Allen, Texas, as a white, yeah. I mean, non-white white supremacist. That okay. I all of a sudden I realized women can be misogynistic. I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out. Of course they can. There's, I there's, think this Taylor Green is a misogynistic women, and all these women uh, that are uh, against women's health care. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There's black people who can be racist. There's women who can be misogynistic. Absolutely. There's gay people who can work against. There's gay people who can work against the causes of LGBTQ equality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like uh, Tucker Carlson's boss or producer or whatever he was. You can be like Tucker Carlson and be a white supremacist while also making white people look bad. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, you know, I always thought that guy sounded like Kermit the Frog. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. When he he spoke, Kermit the Frog popped into my head. So, well, and I don't know what to say. Happy the Frog. I, I guess I, I Kermit doesn't really conjure up the Nazi fascist cherub imagery the way Tucker does. But whatever well, works well, for you, man. That's what was stunning to me. I had therapy for two weeks after I thought of it. <laughs> hey, Brian, thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you. Take care. Good weekends. You too. 866-997-4748 is our number. We're taking your calls all the way until 9 p.m. on the West Coast, 12 midnight on the East Coast. Let me go to Dave in Washington State. Hi, Dave. Welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Oh, hey. Thanks, John. Look, I don't know if you caught it, but President Zelensky, he had an awesome response to, you know, Trump's town hall comment that, you know, if Trump said if he was president, you know, the war in Ukraine would be over in 24 hours, right? Yeah, of course. And you know why it would be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Because, you know, he's got the biggest, um, you know, he's got the biggest of everything, right? The biggest. No, it would be over because Trump would give Putin everything he wanted. Trump would Neville Chamberlain himself the fuck into Putin's lap. But go on. No, 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 you're right, of course, but, you know, I mean, but anyways, without getting into the psychology of conservatives, hey, the, um, but his response is what I want to capture and get your uh, take Tell on. Me. 
because I think it was so brilliant. Um, Zelensky said, look, when Trump was president, there was uh, still Russian soldiers in the Donbass. There were Russian soldiers in Crimea. And essentially, the aggression was on and nothing was done about it. Okay. And I'm like, bam, there it is, man. This is why we as Americans are failing. And this is why... You know, as Zelensky said, we know the facts. We know the facts in Ukraine. Well, of course they know the facts because they're at the wrong end of the gun, okay? And, yeah. and when you're at the wrong end of the gun, it's very focused. You know, it really focus you, right? Yeah. And, um, and Trump voters are, you know, that's the one thing. They love guns, but they know they don't ever want to be at the wrong end of it. And um, the thing is... They don't really is, think uh, about that part. They don't really think about that part, though. Well, I'm just saying, basically, despite all their bluster, they're basically cowards. Well, and how does Dave in Washington know? Well, because I, you know, 25 years in the Army, I just happened to notice. No, I I think you're right. I think you're right. They like to gravitate towards power. And this is my, you know, this is my main point is authoritarianism. I want to make this point real quick. And and frankly, um, there was a couple of interesting things. The the guy that's running against... um, Erdogan in Turkey. He said, "Look, you know, he wants to, he wants Turkey. I call it KK for short because his name's really hard. But he he said <laughs> KK. You know, and KK is a good. Uh, that's a good. If you look up what it means, it's a good name. You know, KK is like a um. You know, like I am a Libra. You know, we oh, like, okay. We like okay. But that's what KK <laughs> I had means. No idea. Means you're a Libra. Yeah, but KK said that um." You know, uh, he wants to get away from personalities in, in, in Turkey's dealing with Russia. He wants to get back to national, you know, national policies between Turkey okay. and Russia. And, what does that he, mean? He, what does that mean? Well, basically what it means is Erdogan, you know, keeps saying Biden is an autocrat. Okay, he, you know, and, and what know. they're doing is, um, what they're doing, you know, all the autocrats, you know, they, you, Putin and, and really Erdogan and, and what's his name in, in Hungary, they all want, um, they're desperate now. They need Trump back in there. And, and trust me, they are going to, you know, um, they're going, they're going to go full, full bore. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and you already mentioned it. You, you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about Russia and, um, this, this, uh, you know, and the corruption with what's her name down there in in Arizona. Look, yeah. and this that's a, that's a big part of it. The grift. I mean, I um, Mavrodi, Sergey Mavrodi. He start. He, he, Sergey. Go ahead. Well, well, what I'm trying to say is, you know, a sub layer to all this authoritarianism, right? Do what I, right. do, you know, do what I say when I say it. You know, it is deep, and a lot of us are vulnerable to it, right? It gets, gets into some deep psychology, but but right <laughs> below that is a layer of um, just theft and grift and Ponzi schemes. I mean, Sergey Mavrodi, he actually started a political party. Right? I mean, he was a professional Ponzi scheme computer guy in Russia. He he wow. said, "The heck with it." Politics is every bit as good. I'm going to start my own political party. The minute he did that, he basically signed his own death sentence, all right? Why? um, Well, because you don't out-steal Vladimir Putin. I mean, you don't. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? You just don't do it. It's 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 not yeah you know what I'm saying and the, you know and these Republicans I don't know I think I think Chris could outsteal Vladimir Putin if he tried but I get what you're saying 
Well, yeah, because the same thing's going on here. Why am I saying it? Because I, like you know, I've got court? nothing against oh. Russians. I'm saying it because it's happening here. With these, it's happening in my my home country, of the United States. I mean, nice. this is what these Republicans want. You know, they I want. Know. Um, and, 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 and you know, we can. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't have any vulnerable people in your life, you have no gay people, no people of color. If you have no vulnerable people in your life, maybe you just don't really care that much. But the reality is we shouldn't allow it to happen, right? That's what it I, boils down I'm sitting to. here doing the wave, yes. I have too many vulnerable <laughs> people in my life as well. So I completely agree. Okay. That's, thank, you know, that's thank you. You've solved it. Cool. Thank you, sir. 866-997-4740. What? Yeah, yes. What? Sorry. All I didn't mean calls, to... I have a, Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt Dave's call, but I have an update for you. Yes. Uh, from the, I have an update for you from the Laura Ingram show. What's going on with Laura Ingram? That's my impression of, of right, Ron DeSantis go, asking. A little update on a story we brought you this week about homeless vets being displaced from hotels so that illegals could move in. Turns out the group behind the claim made it up. We have no yep. clue as to why anyone would do such a thing, but we'll bring you any updates should they come. Oh, my God. She really had had to admit it, huh? This story has been circulating all week, all over Fox News, that there were so many illegals coming to New York that they were clearing homeless vets out of hotels who are obviously not homeless if they're living. In, you, you get, um, and it's been refuted. But everyone's wondering, is Fox News ever going to acknowledge that it's a lie? That sounded like a woman who's probably worried about losing her job because her channel lied way too much and got caught. I'm shocked that the sh and that she's the one who made the announcement because I mean, all of the shows on Fox have been reporting this. But it seems like Laura gets to go out there holding the bag. What did you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, I feel like she's it, plus it's an easy thing to admit because they didn't manufacture it. They were just duped. So exactly. It would be like if Sean Hannity said, turns out Barack Obama was born in America. We don't know why we've been duped, folks, for the last several years. The hundreds of times we brought you this story. Right. Right. Heel. It turns out the uh, computer repairman in Delaware inserted some files onto that laptop. It is Hunter's laptop. There is damaging photos, but uh, a lot of those things weren't real. In further news, <laughs> Biden's making gasoline gay. <laughs> um, have you heard about New York City? What's going on over here? Uh, we're sinking. Apparently, the city weighs too much. Scientists are studying the sea level rise. And they found that in the case of New York, it's not so much the sea level rising. It's that the weight of the buildings is making the ground level sink. Using New York City as an example, they're saying that all these new flooding risks can come from building too many high rises near a waterfront. It, it says that the city's under pressure because it's so heavy, so many buildings. This is in Earth's Future which is a New England scientist investigating sea level rise. And they think that New York City is sinking up to two millimeters per year. Now, that might not sound a lot when you're talking about a city. But if you're a white guy talking about penis size to someone on the Internet, two millimeters means a lot. One point six, eight trillion pounds of buildings in New York City. One point six, eight trillion pounds of buildings. I don't know how they got all the buildings on a scale, but they, they figured it out. So here is where we are. <laughs> Two millimeters per year. Okay. It's just like AI in real life. 866-997-4748. Bill in New Jersey. Thank you for your patience on hold. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? 
Yeah, okay. I'm just sitting here in my wallock and my yaya. Um, in your what? In your what? In your what? You know, Lee Dorsey, yaya. Oh, sure. Okay. The song you wrote and uh, everybody did. Yes. The floor is yours. What's on your mind? Okay. Anyway, I'm surprised that you didn't mention anything about um, Lorraine Hans, uh, Hansberry today. Who she would have been? Uh, she would have been ninety ninety three today, I think. Right. She rose, you know, raising the sun, but she was also a very early civil rights person and LGBT um, supporter. You know, this is back in the in the fifties, and you, you know the story with her father. They bought a house outside of Chicago in a restricted yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, went to the Supreme Court, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but her father was really. It, it, she said that's what killed her, her her father because they were the neighbors who were throwing concrete. They the were attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, she's just you know a great person. As far as the candidates. I don't know. I mean, uh, Chris, Chris, I'm talking about. Republican. Oh, wait, wait, we're still talking about Lorraine, Lorraine Hansberry. Also, I just, oh, can I just, sorry. can I just say she's the first black woman to ever have a play on Broadway as a playwright. That's, and, that's uh, true. and she has a revival right now on Broadway with a uh, friend of the show, Oscar yeah, Isaac. Comes out. Yeah, quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, people should read up on her, uh, biography, even though it was short. She's she was involved with the uh, black intellectuals, you know, Paul Robeson, W.B. Du Bois. She was advocating for gay rights decades before right. that was popular. Right. Well, you know, she was married and then realized and got out of the marriage. And, uh, uh, yeah, she came right out. And uh, uh, brilliant woman. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that uh, she sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of the uh, civil rights. And I completely rights, agree. Uh, Happy birthday to her. Yeah. I ha- by the way, I have a lot. When we do the birthdays, we sprinkle them through the show. So I, I do have her. Uh-huh. I mean, we have a lot of birthdays we didn't even we didn't even mention yet. I, David Hartman, uh, you know. <laughs> what's that? David Hartman, Nancy Astor, Johns Hopkins. There's other people. You know, I, I sprinkle yeah. them out through the whole show. Right. If I can get off the subject, uh, Chris Christie, uh, I don't think has a chance. I mean, uh, he's smart. <laughs> And he's evil, but he's got so much that Trump can jump on him, never mind hugging Obama, but his weight, you know, and uh, uh, the fact that he's too liberal for, for them, even though he's not, you know. He's not, uh, but you're right. But I, but here's the deal. They think he's liberal because he worked with the black guy after Hurricane Sandy 11 years ago. They helped the hurricane ravage citizens of his state. That's why they think he's too liberal, because he actually did good government instead of big government. But let me put it to you this way. If Trump drops out, don't yeah. you think Chris Christie is probably the only one? that can beat up Ron DeSantis the way Chris Christie beat up Marco Rubio? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know what that's going to accomplish. I mean, I, anyway, it's going to be Trump in the end, I believe. Can I say one more thing about Roman? Yes, please. Roman? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she is the ultimate enemy of, uh, of Marty Taylor Green because he's also a member of the Democratic Socialist Party. You know, Eugene I didn't Depp's even know. Party. Didn't yeah. even know. Wow. Yeah. I like and him even he, more now. Yeah, as far as left-wing politics and everything, he's there. And he's quite intelligent, as you can tell. And he's and, a lovely guy. Uh, and he was a principal in the Bronx, so he just knows how to handle recalcitrant adolescents like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like welcome back, Carter. I don't know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, 
I, I think that uh, as, as far as uh, Bowman, he's great because, you know, he replaced, what's his name? Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, and that seat was uh, uh, owned by a criminal before that. But the first person to own, have that seat was Governor mm-hmm. Morris. Oh, you're Governor's right. his first name. And he was a, a, a congressman and a senator. Can you imagine Senator Governor Morris? <laughs> But uh, <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he he hobbled into Congress one day, and he was missing a leg. And he claimed he was run over by a wagon. But somebody else, uh, a couple of people saw him jumping out of the window of some woman who was married, breaking, you know, hurting his leg. Mm. But uh, later on, he died because he tried to remove a blockage from his urethra by using a whalebone needle. And he got infected, and that's how he died. Wow. That happens to so many of us. It's so common. I mean, that's Chris and I actually, Chris and I met in urgent care that way. That's how we, first, yeah, so I've been there. Faded. I mean, let he among you who, who hasn't can cast the first stone. If it's a whalebone in the urethra, it's more common than you uh-huh. think is all I'm saying. It's more, it's more common than you think. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's uh, what I'm yeah. doing later on this weekend. Bill, I got to go, but I thank you very much. Uh, we have a break to come, and I have to go adjust something. When we come back, more of your calls at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying I'd like to, if you don't mind, play a little bit of a... Uh, our friend, the Reverend Sharpton, today, he spoke at the funeral for Jordan Neely. This is early on in the piece. There's a lot of clips of this on the news. Um, Jordan Neely, of course, was the homeless person struggling with mental illness who was uh, killed by homicide, according to the coroner, when uh, a white 24-year-old ex-Marine walked up behind him as he was having a fit on the subway and in no act of self-defense, just crept up behind him, got him in a chokehold, crushed his windpipe, and killed him. And that man is now being called a good Samaritan by right-wing media because right-wing people don't read the Bible. Here's Reverend Sharpton. Initially, this is A1, begging for justice and solace for his family. What happened to Jordan was a crime. And this family shouldn't have to stand by themselves. These lawyers, Lennon Edwards, And Dante shouldn't have to stand by themselves because when they choked Jordan, they put their arms around all of us. All of us have the right to live. Now, that was great. And I will tell you, Reverend Al's always great at an occasion like this. But here's the part I want you to hear, because the Reverend criticized the callous words of uh, certain politicians like Governor DeSantis, who have tried to make this guy into a right wing folk hero, even though He did not kill him in self-defense. The only person to lay hands on anyone on that car was Daniel Penny laying hands on Jordan Neely. The only crime committed was the crime committed against Jordan Neely. And of course, the man who killed Jordan Neely has already gotten millions in legal defense donations from people who call themselves Christian and don't mind that an unarmed, mentally ill, homeless black man was crushed. Here's Reverend Al. I heard the governor of Florida, DeSantis, say that the man that killed Jordan was a good Samaritan. Well, and they raised over $2 million for this man. Well, 
I know, Governor DeSantis, that you putting black history and LGBTQ and Latino out of the school. But I have a Bible to put in the governor's office. Because apparently you don't know what the Good Samaritan was. Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. He said there was a man beaten and robbed on Mildred and put by the side of the road. One man walked by that was of his same race and ignored him and he kept walking. Another came that was holy, sanctified, full of piety, but he kept walking. Then came a man from another race who was a Samaritan and Jesus said he stopped to help the man and Jesus called him a good Samaritan. A good Samaritan helped those in trouble. They don't choke them out. I, I mean, Chris, I made the pretty much the same exact speech and I did not make it as good as Al Sharpton. I admit that freely. It's so obvious and um, it just shows you how words and meanings change and mean nothing, I guess, to people. It's so true. The idea, like there, he was a, he was a good Samaritan because if, to the other people on that train for, for killing an innocent man. Yeah, the parable would work if the Good Samaritan saw this sick, beaten man on the side of the road who was disturbing the pious man and the first guy to walk by, and he killed the sick man so he wouldn't threaten the other travelers. That's the only comparison here. This is to come up from behind uh, and get him in a headlock and crush his windpipe Samaritan, who does not appear in the Bible. Uh, Stephen in Kentucky, hello and welcome. See, that's why I subscribe to the Bible of Tulula Bankhead. Well, as well you should. To Lula Bankhead, you know, we used to take our communion on in the high hill, we did. You know the Tulula Bankhead Chico Marx story, right? Oh, I bet you know it. You know that you know it. Okay, go ahead. What's what's on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, I'm glad that Bill mentioned Lorraine Hansberry. You know, actually, I wanted to just share a quick story. You know, Shelley Winters attended Lorraine Hansberry's funeral. She was one of the okay. ones that did, actually. And... Um, Ruby D and Ossie Davis did, and so did Alice Ghostly. I don't know if you remember Alice Ghostly. I'm she was also in a, in a play that she was in a play that Rita Moreno did in 1964. I don't know what the play was. Gabrielle Den was in it, and uh, Alice Ghostly and Rita Moreno, and it ran from 1964 to early, uh, well, late 64. It was okay. mid uh, summer 64 to to late 64. Okay, and Rita also sent flowers, I believe, too, to Miss Hansberry when she passed away. Very but it was nice. so tragic it was, you know, and she'd be I, 93 today if she were alive, actually, believe it or not. She'd be 93 today. Yes. And by the way, yeah. I owe an apology. It was my, 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 I really want to apologize. I love Jim Lair. I forgot he had died two years ago. He is no longer with us as well. That's on me. And I also wanted to mention, you know, earlier your guest was talking about, or perhaps it was you who had mentioned that Kristen Cern, uh, Miss Cinema has grievances with the Democratic Party. I have some grievances with Miss Cinema. For instance, lady, I supported your campaign and, and when you ran against Mark Martha McFucked. And I'm going to tell you, you what, I'm pretty Preach. pissed off right now. Holler. That 
as, as a bisexual American myself, how she sat there and she took advantage of her voters, uh-huh. which she did. So as far as your uh-huh. grievances, I don't care what your grievances are, lady. You can blow the, you can go you can go blow yourself as far as Preach. I'm concerned. And Word. as far as uh, and as far as uh, Chris Christie. Testify. You know, I've had issues with Chris Christie, too. But what the Me hell do too. these people expect him to do? He obviously had to work with President Obama at the time to obviously mm-hmm. get something done to help the hurricane victims, for heaven's mm-hmm. sake. What? Oh, I mean, are these people that stupid they are? Clearly they Preach. are. They're insane is what they are. You know, back. And it's for and, and, you know, as much as I dislike Chris Christie, he, he, the guy does have some shrewdness, he does. I yes, will give indeed. him some credit, for, for some credit for that. I mean, actually. And at times, he can actually come off as a human being, which, indeed. not all the time, but there are times when he can. I, you I know. met him, you're right, yes. So I do think that that's, that's worthy of mentioning as well, you know. But um, the fact is, I've been watching the, these, this clown car this year, all these candidates that are running, and, and I hope more Democrats get in the field, too. I'd like to see more variety. I'm not saying that I wouldn't support Biden in the end if he gets the nomination. Yeah, I, don't think you'll be, I don't think you'll be seeing more Democrats getting in. I think it's going to be uh, RFK, and, uh, and that's it. <laughs> and I'm and I tell you, I've gotten criticized for supporting RFK. There's some things I like about him and some things I don't. I, He's I a really fascinating guy. Re- lot, there's so much about him that I admire very much, and then there's other stuff uh-huh. that I I differ with. So yeah. Well, well, I've been called the other night. Somebody had the gall to call me a traitor simply because they were sitting there talking about the fact that this man was supported by Putin. I said, let me tell you something. I mm. said. Uh, how am I a traitor? The you fact preach. is, it's my right to vote Let for know. whoever the hell I please. And yeah. since I pay taxes just like any of them, they can kiss my ass. Word. I mean, the fact is, I, the fact is, Mr. Kennedy, in my mm. opinion, is okay. dealing with some issues that obviously the president is not dealing with right now. He's done some good things, yes, but he's also dealing done some with things what? that left a lot to be desired. And okay. I'm sorry if people don't like hearing that, then you know what? That's their problem. Let them be the ostrich with their heads in the sand. <laughs> and Marianne Williamson, by the way, I know Marianne, and yes. she's a wonderful lady. She's, I tell you, Marianne was the one, I think, that really hit the nail on the head with health care several years Both ago. Both of those she's people are friends of this the, show, yes. And, and Marianne's she, a friend. Marianne's a well, personal friend, so all, yeah. All, all, she brought up alternative health care to a certain degree, and I think that's exactly what we need. I think people focus too much on this side or that side, wanting to tear each other apart. And yes. you know what? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh-huh. people are getting tired of this bullshit. Because I right tell you, on. the one, the people I've talked with, John, yes, sir. when I've campaigned in 2020 and 2022, Gotta I can wrap tell it up you soon. right now. Tell me I now. think the Republicans are in for a rude awakening next year, and I'm just going to tell lips. you from what I see right now, if Biden gets the nomination, which he probably will, he probably yes, will sir. wipe the floor clean with them. Okay, Stephen, I love it. Thank you very much. You mm-hmm. you always rile me up, and I thank you for getting my heart right up, because I don't like cardio. Richie in L.A., tell me everything. Oh, well, let me see. Hi. tell you everything. Okay, last Sunday I met Patricia Heaton in my neighborhood, Gelson's. And I dropped. Now, how lovely is she? How lovely is she? She is so lovely. Yes, she. Yeah, she. You I want to talk about conservative Christians and Republicans you can get along with? Patricia Heaton. She is sane. I first met her at, 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 at Scott Carter's house, Bill Maher's executive producer, and we don't agree on a lot. She's a conservative Catholic, and I just love her. She's totally sane and cool. What did, what, what did you say to her? 
Yeah, because afterwards she didn't say I, that I seemed opposing or threatening or anything. She's just the that's opposite good. of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, you didn't mention uh, me, and that's probably a good thing, because she's freaked out by me. Oh, no, I did mention you. Oh, you did. What did she say? Yes, and I, I said <laughs> oh, I enjoyed boy. you on, on John Fuglesang. She goes, I love John Fuglesang. There you see, and she's a Republican, but she she's appalled yes, by Trump. She's a real men- Republican. Yeah, anyone can mention Ray Romano, but I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it different. I said... Did you live around here? I said, yes, I live here in North Hollywood, the part they call Valley nice. Village. So I'm oh, also, I love Valley Village. And, um, I know it well. Okay. Yeah. What else? I was so gratified to hear you mention Steve Smith, Smith. as Nina Hoggins. Yes. Guitarist. And then you mentioned Dennis Kucinich because of RFK. But I yeah. met Nina Hagen because of Dennis Kucinich. Oh, that's cool. Because Listen, Steve- I... I love Dennis yeah. Kucinich. I, I I think this is appalling what he's what, what's going on, but uh, I, I'm always going right. to love him and be grateful for his service. He's done the right. show many times too. But he's well because he's he was the only Democratic candidate to mention seeing UFOs. So Nina Hagen, who heard uh, the story behind him, and I was the only one at that party who knew who she was because <laughs> he's so big in Germany. Well, you have and good then, taste in music as well, Richie. I got to run, but I thank you for calling. Wait, oh, have wait a, a wonderful. Oh, oh, go ahead. Okay. One more thing. No, okay. I was just going to say, but you see, if if Tommy Tuberville calls me a white supremacist or a white nationalist, he just thinks I'm American. <laughs> exactly. And I like Tommy Tuberville because he's proof uh, against the concept of white supremacy. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. This is Sirius XM. I'm John Fugel saying peace. Peace.